Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. God, I thank you for each and every person here. Lord, we never take it for granted, this opportunity that we have to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person and that everybody under the sound of my voice will get something out of the message today they can use. They will be able to use this word and make their lives better. God, not years from now, not months from now, not weeks from now, not even days from now, but they will be able to use this word and make their lives better immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray, amen. Please lift your Bibles up with me, your Bibles, your iPads, your cell phone, whatever you have that got the word of God on it. And let's say this confession with me. Say, this is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God breathed. And I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God's created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God and shall forever be to me my Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. Yo, loved one, I'm going to start off with a, with, a, with a Smith story today. I just want to share it. You know, over the holiday season, you know, Christmas, you know, Christians say Christmas. Some people say holiday season, but you know, we put, we keep the Christ in Christmas, right? Well, over the Christmas season, my oldest son and his family came to visit. So my wife and I had a great opportunity to spend some lovely moments with our grandchildren. You know, we always give God some praise for that. We love the grandbabies. You know, pastor love the kids, you feel me? Well, we also had an opportunity to take them on a short road trip. And during that road trip, they came up with this game called Beat That Truck. Now, the game was fairly simple, and this is how it goes. As we're traveling up and down the road and I am making progress on a truck, and it looks like I'm going to beat that truck or pass that truck, they would begin to ch chant, Beat That Truck. Beat that truck, beat that truck, beat that truck. And when I passed the truck, they would go, yay! It was, it was, it was the, 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 the cutest little thing. Even the one-year-old, now these are the two oldest girls, even the one-year-old who don't speak good English, he got the rhythm down. He was like, deep that duck, deep that duck, deep that duck, deep that duck. And he goes, yay! So I'm like, okay, and it, was, it, was, it was cute for like the first 10 miles. And so you can imagine with about a good 20 more miles to go, it was getting to the point to where I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is getting a bit much because they were loud. Beat that truck. And of course, we passed cars. And when we passed cars, it was beat that car, beat that. Yeah, but mostly it was seemed to be trucks on the road that day. Eventually, 
my wife leans back and she says, guys, listen, you're being a bit loud. So if you don't mind, just, just a little bit softer, please. And now, you know, kids, they want to tell you how they ain't being loud. So a couple back and forth with grandma, they was like, beat that drum, beat that drum, beat that drum, beat that drum, But if you've ever been around kids, that don't stick in their memory long. So by two minutes later, they were, beat that truck, beat that truck, yay, right? After another short moment when they got their decibels back up, I'm just driving. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, Lord, about 20 miles to go. Greta has this look on her face. She's looking straight, too. We come up on another truck. And the kids start going, beat that truck, beat that truck. Greta leans over to me and she says, beat that butt, beat that butt, beat that butt. Yay! <laughs> I say, you about to see that grandma that your daddy know. Greta say, beat that butt. Oh my goodness. That's the love of my life right there. She hit the nail on the head, though. Ah. Contend. That's our new series. You know, loved ones, I really, really wanted to be here with you last Sunday. And there were certain things that restricted me from being here, but it deeply pained me not to be here because I so much wanted to see your face and I so much wanted to wish you a happy new year in person. But frankly, when we just talk about the new year, I'm going to tell you right up front. It's a blessing to step into a new year. It is. Yeah, you can give God some praise on that. When you can enter into a new year and you got your health and you are clothed in your right mind, that's a blessing. I will tell you also that there are some people who are gonna debate what I'm getting ready to say, but I'm gonna say this statement and I absolutely believe it. I contend that even if you enter into a new year with some bumps and bruises, a couple scratches and scrapes, and even some scars, but you still alive, you still here, hey, that's a blessing. It's a blessing because you are still here to love and be loved. It's a blessing because you can still hear the wind rustle through the trees. It's a blessing because guess what? You can still feel the warmth of the sun on your face. It's a blessing because you can still be used as a vehicle for God's glory. It's a blessing to be alive. Stepping into the new year is a blessing. It's such a blessing because I, I step back. I'm not trying to belittle or make light of anybody that has come through a year where they've had hardship. I'm not trying to belittle anybody that's had a hard time. Or look at this, have come through the new year with, with some scars. But family, if you're still here, somehow, some way, you can still give God glory. Something about you can still give God glory. Now, in addition to just wishing you a happy new year, 
Look, God has a message inside of me for you. And that message, look, it's been burning internally like a hot, hot flame. I'm talking something that's just stoked on the inside. And his communication is very appropriate for this time of year. And the key to that communication, it all hinges on the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 1. Look at that in the King James Version for me. You probably all know it by heart. But I want you to say that we ready read in the beginning. God created the heaven and the earth. That thing jumps off with three words in the beginning. In the beginning. Which is where we currently stand. We stay we read out of Genesis, but where we stand at the beginning of a new year. And when we think about a new year, what do we usually think about? People usually think about, hey, it's a moment for fresh starts. And when you think about fresh starts, automatically your heart, your mind, you jump to or you embrace the concept of New Year's resolutions. And there are a host of possible resolutions. Let me show you some. Now, when you see them, you probably have made some of these resolutions before. But guess what? Yeah, we're going to talk about them. Because you probably confess or profess or, or state that these are some of the things that, you know what, as a resolution, yeah, I'm going I'm I'm to do some of that because that's commonly what we do. A person might confess this upcoming year. I'm going to get that job. Notice the article, not a job, that job. I'm going to get that job I've been dreaming about. I'm going to get that job I've been thinking about. I'm going to get that job. Hey, I got I got the degree for. I'm going to get that job. I'm going to start that business. Ooh, I'm going to lose that weight. Anybody got some that weight? I'm talking about that weight. That weight that you thought you lost, but it found you again. It once was lost, but now it's found. Wasn't blind, so it can see its way back to you. Anybody ever want to lose that weight? I mean, my, my mama, God, God bless her, you know, sometimes you got, you got the, you know, Sometimes you ain't as sensitive as you should be, but my mama once said somebody, somebody said that they had dropped a few pounds. Mama said, ooh, baby, I think you picked them back up. <laughs> but anybody ever make a resolution to lose that weight? What about to repair that strained relationship? Ooh, to stop smoking, stop drinking, stop gambling yourself into poverty. What about just making the world a better place? Or finding healing for your broken heart? All these are resolutions that we make. And the list 
of all of these resolutions, given that the resolution for each and every person can vary, nobody's going to make the same resolution in particular. You're going to, even if you make the same resolution, your thought process and what you're really targeted for may be different. But when you look at all of these things, it, it, I just listed, I don't know what the count is, eight or nine there. We could probably fill this room up with little sticky tabs of everything that someone has ever made as a resolution. And when this time of the year rolls around, you might think, I'm not going to make any resolutions. But it is easy to get caught up in the fray. You can try and 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 try to, I'm, I'm good. I'm not going to make a resolution. But you know what happened? When the clock hit 11.59, on that previous year for the last time. And that ball started to drop in Times Square. And all these people are grouped together singing old Lang Syne. How do you say that? The drive to create a resolution is infectious. Almost, you're almost compelled to do something and put something together, to make a plan, to, I don't know, just make something better than it was last year. And when you sit here and you're thinking about all these things I'm saying, you're probably saying, Pastor, it looks as if you are building a case against resolutions. I'm not doing that. I'm just making a point that resolutions are something that we all do at the beginning. And when I'm thinking about resolutions, I think resolutions are a good thing. I can assure you that I'm not trying to make the case that resolutions are bad. How can it not be good? How can it not be good to want to better yourself? How can it not be good to want a, a, a successful, quotes, wholesome business? How can it not be good to want a more fulfilling relationship? How can it not be good to want to kick bad habits or vices? How can it not be good to want to help make the world a better place or find some kind of mending for your broken heart, for your broken heart? All of this stuff, all of those things are good things. Anytime you want to make yourself better, anytime you want to improve the world around you, my God, that's a good aspiration. Why in the world would I have an issue with resolutions? I don't have an issue with the concept of resolutions. The issue is how we go about making them. The issue, as it relates to a resolution, is that as believers, we go forward with making a resolution and we exclude God from the beginning. Go back to my King James Version. That starts off within the beginning, which is where we typically stop when we're making resolutions, we're making plans, we're making goals, we're trying to chop up some kind of objective that we want to have for the upcoming year. But doggone it, it don't say in the beginning and stop there. It says in the beginning, who? God. Likewise, in your beginning, there should be God. 
in your beginning should be God. What we need to do is we need to start allowing God to be in the beginning of what we're planning in lieu of asking God to step in through our petition and fix our mess down the road. We need to get God going up front. In your beginning, believer, should always be God. I want you to say this with me. Say, get in the habit of inviting God into the planning process up front. Now get this. Now there's a benefit to that. And what I'm going to share with you is a, a, a bit of a, of a smithism, but look, look at this. When we talk about getting God involved up front, it's very important that you realize that because there's a benefit to that. What is it? Look at this image because I want you to say this with me. Ain't no need me saying it by itself. Invite God. Start with that first line. Ready to go. Inviting God into the planning process up front is beneficial because, here we go, God is the ruler of all, but do not mistake him as the approver of just anything. Oh, God is the ruler of all. He is almighty. He is all powerful. He is L-O-M. He is El Shaddai. He is all of that stuff. But do not ever think he just takes your plan and gives a blanket approval. He is the God of all, the ruler of all. But doggone it, he is not the approver of just anything. There is a big difference, loved one. Loved ones, a big, big difference between your plan and the plan God has for you. Your plan might happen. But as it relates to God's plan for you, as long as you stay aligned with him, there is no might happen. There is no maybe. There is no probably. There is no potentially. God's plan for your life will happen. Proverbs 19 and 21 says this in the King James Version. It says, people might make many plans, but what the Lord says will happen. This is easy to read. I apologize. Let me read again. Proverbs 19, 21, easy to read version. People might make many plans, but what the Lord says is what? Might happen? No. What does it say? Will happen. Will, oh, you, you're not looking at it. I was wondering why you weren't repeating after me. It says, people might make many plans, but what the Lord says is what will happen. So you need to have God in your planning process. Therefore, when you make your resolution, and you want to have that better career, then you need to make sure that in your beginning, God is there to create that plan. Put my list back up there again of those possible resolutions. Because we want to make sure that in your beginning is God. God. 
you want a resolution to start that business, then loved ones, you need to make sure that in the beginning, God is there to make that plan. You want to lose that weight? You want a healthier body? Then you need to make sure in the beginning, God is there to make that plan. You want to repair that relationship? You want to have a more fulfilling relationship? Guess what? Then make sure before you make that resolution, before you start down that road, that you make sure God is there in the beginning to help you make that plan. You want to kick a vice? You want to kick a bad habit? Then doggone it, make sure God is there in your beginning, not a beginning, not any old kind of beginning, in your beginning to help you with that plan. You want to make the world a better place? You want to become more of a giver? You want to become more of a servant? Then you know what you need to do? When you make that plan, make sure God is there in your beginning to help you make that plan. What about healing for that broken heart? You want to mend it broken heart? Then when you make that plan, make sure God is there in the beginning to help you with that plan. You need God in your beginning. The King James Version didn't just say in the beginning and stop there. It said in the beginning, God. Which is where each and every believer must be. It is of utmost importance that we put God in the beginning. Look, the scripture says God is the creator of heaven and earth. If God is the creator of heaven and earth, for sure, he can create a plan for your success. You mean to tell me he can create the heavens and all we see and all we don't see, and he can't get you a job? It's God we're talking about here. In your beginning must be God. And when it said God created, know that God is not simply a creator. God is the master creator. And when the master creator creates, creates, he leaves absolutely positively nothing to chance. Look back at Genesis 1-1, but this time in the Amplified Classic Bible. The Amplified Classic Bible reads this way. I'm going to show you. Bring, me, bring, me, bring up the image for me. But I can read it from there first. You know that says Hebrews also? Oh, is that a, that's, like, that's like connecting it. A connecting thing? Okay. Oh, that'll work. Genesis 1.1. Notice what it says. In the beginning, God, and if we skip the parenthetical, it goes to what the King James said, created the heavens and the earth. But it reads more extensively. In the beginning, God prepared, formed, fashioned, and created the heavens and the earth. This translation gives us four verbs that maps out how the master creator creates. That first one, prepared. When God is in your beginning, he prepares you and your plan for success. Family, to prepare is to make ready or to get ready 
for a particular or specific purpose. When you think about a farmer that's going out to plant, before they put seed number one in the ground, what they end up doing is they go out and they do what? They prepare the ground. They prepare the ground. Before they put seed one, they turn the soil if need be. They clear out the weeds if need be. They get rid of all the stones and the rocks if need be. They add other nutrients and other components to the earth if need be. What are they doing? They're doing all the initial stages to make sure that the ground they're getting ready to plant in is able to produce the results they desire. Likewise, when God is in your beginning, God prepares everything to make sure that the desired result happens. What about this next one? Formed. It said God formed. When God is in your beginning, he forms you and your plan for success. What is this word formed about? Form means to give some kind of shape or some kind of structure. I know we talked about a farmer, but let's talk about a sculptor now. Keep in mind, when a sculptor gets a lump of clay, he, he does the same thing. He starts off with preparation. He prepares the clay to be shaped. You can't just get hard, dry clay. He has to make sure it's the right kind of clay, make sure it's got the right consistency, the right moisture, that it, it, it clumps together just the right way. But then he moves on to forming. When he first gets that lump of clay, it just has kind of like a nebulous shape. But if you watch that sculptor long enough, eventually what you'll notice is as they work it and as they work it, all of a sudden something is coming into view that has more of a distinctive appearance. The more and more they work it, the more and more they, 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 they deal with it and they produce what they want to produce, all of a sudden, you end up seeing a figure that's got a definitive shape to it. Let's, let's call it a human form. That's their project. The same thing with God. When God is in your beginning, he takes all of your unstructured ideas and thoughts and desires and dreams, and he helps structure them in a manner that's more cohesive, that's more focused on some object objective, that, that points you to somewhere specific. What about this next one, fashioned? When God is in your beginning, he prepares you and your plan in such a way to where he fashions everything for success. To fashion means to add details to refine. So let's go back to our sculptor. Our sculptor has already created a human form. Now it's come the time for them to add details, for them to refine it. How do they do that? Well, you can tell that it's got a human form, but as they begin to fashion it, what do they do? They add in eyes, nose, mouth, ears, hair details, they give you some muscle definition. 
they begin to make sure that everything on it has a clear definition to make sure there is no mistake on what they are intending to create. When God is in your beginning, he does the same thing. He makes sure that he includes all the necessary details such that whatever he intends you to be and whatever he intends to happen at the end can happen. He leaves no detail out. This is the master creator creating. This is his process. Then once he has prepared the plan and you, once he has formed the plan to help form you, once he has fashioned the plan to help fashion you, then we come to the point where we're talking about where the creator gets his best work done. Because once the creator has done the top three, now the creator has the power and the ability to not have created, but to create to make sure that his plan comes to pass. Don't miss that because the master creator does both. The master creator has the ability not just to create, but to create, to make sure his creation gets done what he wants to get done. Now let's, let's, let's drive that home though. So here we have a sculptor. That sculptor has, 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 has prepared, has formed, has fashioned, has got his project all in his mind created. But guess what? No matter what that sculptor does with that clay, no matter what they tend to, 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 make, to make of it, how, whatever size man or woman or child they make, guess what? At the end of the day, it's still just clay. But when the master creator created man, there was a very different result. Yeah. We can say that when he formed man out of the dust of the ground, let's, let's just call it clay to keep our materials consistent. When he formed men out of, man out of the clay from the ground, at some point in time when he developed them, he, he built his head and his legs and everything, and he was laying, man was laying there or standing there, whatever God had him doing, when he was laying on the ground, he was still just clay. But when the master creator got ready to create. What is creating? Creating is to have something exist that never existed before. To create is to have something be that never was. When the master creator got time to create, he breathed life into his creation and man came alive. What once was clay became flesh. What once was inanimate, guess what? Received a heartbeat. What once was inanimate began to inhale and exhale. What once was an, an inanimate became a living soul. That is exactly what their creator does for you when you include him in the beginning. After he prepares, after he forms, after he fashions, then he breathes life into the plan. 
and the plan that he breathes life into, guess what? It gets a heartbeat. It begins to inhale and exhale. And that thing stands up and begins to march towards its destiny in the authority that the creator has given it. That's what the creator does for you when you include him in the beginning. But the creator ain't done. Because in the creation phase is when the creator does his best work. The creator has the power and the ability and the desire to create along with his plan on a forward basis such that his plan is successful. Let me drill that in some more. Not more. Some more. I got an image for you. Because the master creator works ahead. Let me describe this for you. Because he doesn't just make the plan. He doesn't just deal in the now. He deals in the now, but while he's in the now and you're in the now, he has another foot in the later, making sure that when you get to later, you will have what you said he said you will have. He's working beyond the now. Here we stand at the now. Our resolution moment. The new year. Talking about that job we want. Talking about that business we want to start. Talking about all this that we want to do. You know, trying to get all of our resolutions up. Hey, hey. This is where we, we, we're right there at the now. But let's talk about our God. You say. God say. You're going to get that job this year. You're going to get that career this year. Now, notice the timeline. God is not annual. So if God says you're going to get the job or the career, it could be January, February or the same, or it could be January for the next year. I'm talking about letting God make the plan. But the creator works ahead. God's plan says you're going to get that new career. That's in the now. But guess what? Everybody that you talk to in your company, they say there are no positions for you in what you want to do. But somewhere beyond the now, the creator is talking to the CEO. And that CEO is all of a sudden saying to himself or herself, I think we need to start a new department. I think we need a new division. I think we need a new venture. I think we want to do another business thing or whatever. And guess what? While God is having you work on the now, your qualifications, your character, everything that you can work on for you. Oh, he going to have you work on you. And all you got to do is work on you. He's working on the later. You work on the now. 
and when the time comes, because the master creator works ahead, when you get to where he wants you to get to, your career is there, but it's beyond the now. But the master creator is working ahead of you. Right now, you let him be involved in the beginning, in your beginning. And when you got him involved in the beginning, he began to work in the later. The master creator is always working ahead. All you got to do is let him in the plan and then follow the plan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, right now, in the, in the now, that's where we are, in the beginning. And when you let the master creator in there, guess what? He begins working on the later, not just on the now. Because that's what the master creator do. And he can do that because he got the power to do such a thing. What about, hey, 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 uh, I believe God said that this is the year for me to get my husband. <laughs> my husband, you know what I'm saying? Hey. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to jump into that one. <laughs> But, but, but listen, because I, I, that, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good opportunity. I'm going to get back on this, but that, 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 that struck something in me. And it, it's serious, because we have, we have two sides of the room, right? We have, when we say God going to send you a husband, we had a married couple, the woman say, you need to wait on the Lord. And then we had a, a single woman say, be quiet. You already got your husband. Now, let me, let me bring those two together for you, though. I'm going to bring those two together for you. Because it, it's, it's, it's comical, but let's, let's, let's extract the seriousness out of it. The seriousness, the seriousness out of that is this. As much as you desire a husband, you don't want the calamity of picking the wrong one. Now, now let's, now, let's, let's reverse. I'm not going to just put it on her. Let's reverse it. Because someone desires a husband, we don't need to criticize that. The whole point is this. What God has for you, that's what you want. You don't want to have what nobody offer you. You don't want to have what somebody's willing to give you. You don't want to have what somebody else got just because it looks good. Because guess what? I think I can say this. Because it's, 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 it's clean enough with just enough dirt on it for you to get it and it'll all be good. I heard somebody say one time that I think I can say this. No, I can't. I can't. No, I can't. I can't. But let me, let me say it a different way. Sometimes, from where you're standing, when you look out beyond where you are, it looks like the grass is greener. Yeah. 
but when you make the step to go in that grass, you find out that there's a lot of brown patches in that grass. That's a good way to put it right there. So I celebrate those who are happily married. I celebrate those who are married with bump but want to get it right. I celebrate those who desire to be married and are waiting on God to bring them the right one. We celebrate all of that stuff. The bottom line is when you have the master creator in your beginning, he is working beyond the now to get to you what he said he would get to you. And you can't jump the gun. What about that person who says that, all right, I got with God. We're going to just assume that. And mm, God said that this year I'm going to have, have my husband. And you know what? You just walking through the year, working on the now, though. Because just like you want a good man, he deserve a good woman. You need to be working on you. God don't have you just sitting down working on the man. He got you working on your attitude, working on your mouth, learning how to do some stuff, making sure that you ain't going to run this man away. This ain't. God love him as much as he love you. So check it. God says, this is the year for your husband. And while you're working on you in the now, somewhere in California, a man has gotten right-sized, downsized. He's lost his job. You feel me? And because he lost his job, as a result, a resume gets sent from California to Florida. This is beyond the now. So, so you're working on the now, but somewhere in this realm, beyond the now, God sees all of this. He's orchestrating. He's making sure that things happen as long as you stay on the path, as long as you stay on the now and do what you got to do now. A resume gets sent to Florida. Oddly enough, interestingly enough, godly enough, a Florida company in your area sees that resume and offers this man a job. This is going to happen months from now, a year from now. Whatever it is, the master creator is working ahead for you. Think about it, right? That relationship. That man, at some time in the future, is going to accept the job from a company thousands of miles away so he can come face to face with his future boo thing who he's never met. That's how God works. That's why he's the master creator. And he has the power and ability to pull that off. What about mending your broken heart? You say, this is the year I mend that broken heart. God says, let's make that happen. Now, you're working on the now. Yeah, you're broken now. Yeah, you find it hard sometimes to get out of the bed in the morning now. Yeah, you wipe your eyes a lot now. Yeah, you wish that had never happened to you now. 
But the master creator is creating beyond me now. He's come in agreement that that heart should be mended. And somewhere in the future, someone is creating a conference, not knowing that you will be one of the persons who will be healed by attending it. In advance of your healing, in preparation for your healing, God has someone writing a book, not knowing that you are one of the persons who will be healed by reading it. Or maybe in advance of your healing, God has someone coming your way who is going to inspire you to write a book. And in writing that book, that project is going to be so meaningful to you that it's not just going to heal you, but it's going to heal people around the world. And in doing that, guess what? God healed you and then prospered you at the same time. He gave you what you didn't even ask for. That's how God does it. That's God working in advance. That's the master creator at work. That's why you got to include God in your beginning. You do yourself a disservice when you make a resolution or a plan or a goal or an objective and you exclude God. When God is behind your plan. When God is with you in partnership with this thing. Can't nothing stop your plan. I want you to say something with me. Say this. When God is in the plan, not even the seasons of life can stop it. Loved ones, not even the seasons of life can stop God's plan. I want you to look at this. You're familiar with Ecclesiastes, right? Chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. King James Version says, to everything there is a season, right? To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend or rip and a time to sow put together. A time to, to keep silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. All of these seasons and probably more, it covers just about everything I can think of, happens to man. But God is not a man. The God that you serve, the God that you're going to invite into your plan, the master creator, guess what? God was God before any season came about. Before it was time to be born or a time to die, God was God. Before it was a time to pluck or pluck up and a time to plant, God was God. 
Before it was a time to kill or heal, God was God. Before it was a time to break down or build up, God was God. Before it was a time to weep or laugh, God was God. Before it was time to mourn or dance, God was God. Before it was time to cast away or gather, God was God. Before it was time to embrace or refrain from embracing, God was God. Before it was time to get or lose, God was God. Before it was time to keep or cast away, God was God. Before it was time to rip or sew back together, God was God. Before it was time to keep silent or speak, God was God. Before it became time to love or hate, God was God. Before it became time to have war or have peace, God was God. God was before that. He's the creator of all things. He's all powerful. No season under the heavens or in the earth can stop God's plan once he steps it, it sets it in motion. Your only job is to stay in line with his plan. We already read Proverbs 19 and 21 in the easy to read. Listen to it in the NIV Bible. Proverbs 19 and 21 says, many are the plans in a person's heart. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Prevails. Do I have the wrong version? Okay, so Proverbs 19 and 21. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. That word there prevails, family. Prevail means, because it said the other version said it would happen. That's kind of squishy to me. What prevails means is having the power to overcome any opposing force. Any. So when God sets a plan for you, when God establishes a plan for you, no person or, or no force can derail it. What am I trying to tell you? Not even your history can derail it. All you got to do is stay in the flow of his plan. Because God's plan, his purposes, will prevail. That's right. Before you lost your job, God was God and his plan for you was destined to prevail. Before they repossessed your car, God was God and his plan for you was destined to prevail. Before your daddy left your family, God was God and his plan for you was destined to prevail. That's right. Before you even knew that you never knew your daddy, God's plan was destined to prevail for you. Before your mama put you up for adoption, God was God and his plan for you was destined to prevail. That's right. Before you ever knew that you never knew your mama. God was God and his plan for you was destined to prevail. Before your husband committed adultery, God was God and his plan for you was destined to prevail. Before your wife asked you for a divorce, God was God and his plan for you was destined to prevail. 
guess what? Before your children took them stupid pills, God was God, and his plan for you was destined to prevail. Before your child selected a lifestyle you disagree with, God was God, and his plan for you was destined to prevail. Before your friend stabbed you in the back, God was God, and his plan for you was destined to prevail. Before you got pregnant at 15, God was God, and his plan for you was destined to prevail. Before you had that abortion, God was God, and his plan for you was destined to prevail. God was God. Before the pandemic, God was God, and his plan for you was destined to prevail. Loved ones, before that church hurt you, God was God, and his plan for you was destined to prevail. There is no season. There is no history in your life. There is nothing that can happen to cause God's purpose not to prevail because what the Lord says has the power to de demand and defeat any opposing force. What you need to do is make sure that you're in line with his plan. I'm not... Just, just, to be, just to be clear, I am not here saying anything negative about resolutions. I'm just here to tell you that you need to keep God in the beginning. Because when you put God in the beginning, when the master creator is able to not just create the plan, but to create, create ahead of the plan, to make sure the plan gets done, all you need to do is include God in your beginning and stay in flow of his plan. Once again, you trying to better yourself and you trying to make the world better, that's all good. That's, that's, that's good stuff. Those are good ambitions. Anybody would be foolish to tell you that's a bad thing. What I'm asking you, instead of thinking that I'm asking you not to make a resolution, if you're thinking that, I'm just asking you to put a little thought up front, to be careful up front, to make sure that in everything that you do, that you allow God to be your creator in the beginning. Because it is his plan that is going to prevail. Not anything you just throw together. Not anything you just wish for. Say this with me. Say, in my beginning, in my beginning. Must, be God. must be God. That's right. Amen. It's so important that you include God in your beginning. So when everybody's out there throwing out resolution after resolution after resolution, you just know in yourself that in all of your resoluting, 
that in your process, forget everybody else. In your process, you have one thing glued in your mind. As if you're talking to yourself, you're saying, in my beginning shall be God. Amen. Let's pray. God, I thank you for each and every person here that we don't make light of the opportunity that you have given us to see another year. It is a blessing. We so much appreciate, as they used to say in the traditional church, we appreciate the opportunity to have the blood running warm through our veins. As we're making plan after plan, no matter what that plan is, plan for a career, relationship, business, get our life right, to mend our broken heart, whatever the possible item may be. We lay on the heart of each and every person that the focus and all of the planning is to make sure that you, God, are the author and the structurer of it. Because we know that your plan is not a maybe. It's not a might. Your word says that you're... Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.